Welcome to Building Charleston, a podcast where we shine a bright light on the dynamic companies changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine, and as your host each week, I'll be bringing you the most interesting business owners in the Lowcountry. We'll explore how they got to where they are, what they're working on, and what their vision is for the future of Charleston. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Building Charleston podcast, where we take a moment each week to catch our breath and meet the leaders that are changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine. We're recording this on the last week of March, which means the Masters Tournament is right around the corner. I've always considered St. Patrick's Day as the unofficial end of winter, and most importantly, I've always considered the Masters as the first day of spring. Every year, this tournament just makes me so happy on so many levels. So... Let's meet the man who knows everything about golf and golfing trip, Charleston's very own Daniel Grave, the CEO of Golf Breaks. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be on the podcast. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Now, your accent there, you got to tell me, is that a West Ashley accent or is that a Mount Pleasant accent? <laughs> you didn't catch the yell at the beginning. No, 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 none of that. No, I'm from... Um, I'm from the southeast of England, near London. It's a, a region called Suffolk. And for any avid soccer fan, this is where Ipswich Town are from. And they were the Manchester United of the late 70s and early 80s when I was a young lad growing up. So that's where I'm, I'm from. Although backing up a little bit from that, I was actually born and spent the first six of my nine years in India, which is where my parents were working at the time. Wow. But on moving back to the UK, we moved back to the UK and um, I went to a boarding school from the age of nine. And then I went to university on the very south coast of England, a place called Portsmouth. And I studied civil engineering. So I'm an engineering grad from Portsmouth. So you're a man of the world. We'll get into a little bit uh, you know, about golf breaks in a minute here. But how does a you know, gentleman like you get from, you know, from England all the way to Charleston? Why, why Charleston? Yeah, great question. So you know, whilst I was at university studying my engineering, I actually heard about this crazy summer job here in the States where I could come to America as a student and sell educational books door to door. <laughs> so I came over and I did a summer of that job. The company was based out of Nashville, Tennessee. But every, every summer, you know, about 3,000 students from across the U.S. and Europe would descend on Nashville for training. And then we'd get sent to all different parts of the states for the summer to live and work you know, in, in a particular area. So the very first summer I was here was 1990. I'd never been to the States before. And I, I spent the whole summer in Decatur, Georgia, which is just east of Atlanta, selling these educational books. And I did really well, surprisingly well. It was very hard work and you got a lot of rejection. 
But I learned mm-hmm. so much from doing that. So I actually ended up working with that company for almost 10 years. I did that throughout my 20s. And that's really where I learned, you know, how to sell, how to train, recruit, build teams, how to run a business. And that's where I got this sort of it ignited a spark in me to be in business for myself versus become an engineer, you know, which is what oh. I studied. So, so that's the sort okay. of backdrop to, you know, I had been to the States before. When we all set up golf breaks in 1998, we, uh, you know, it was, it was out of the UK and it was very much a UK only business, but we always had an eye on where could we take this next. And America was the natural place to bring golf breaks. You know, we speak a similar language <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yep. and, uh, go, you know, America is the, is the largest golfing market in the world. So that's, you know, how we decided to, to move the business to the States and, and Charleston. We could have gone anywhere, but we did pick Charleston. Okay. So you get your, you get some training in the U S you go back and you, and you start golf breaks for the listeners. What is golf breaks as a company? Yeah, golf breaks. We are effectively a travel agent for people that play golf. So for all of you out there that love to go and experience different golf courses in different parts of the world and put those types of trips together, that's what we do for people. So, you know, our strap line is we save golfers time and money when it comes to organizing their golf trips. You know, we do all the work for the customer. We do all the running around, checking availability, making suggestions, recommendations, and putting the right sort of trip together for them and their group. And then we obviously book all those elements up for them. So all they have to do really is show up and enjoy their, enjoy their trip. And we also make sure we get them the best price. So when people book with golf breaks, they pay no more than if they were to do the trip or book the trip themselves directly. And I think that's a really important point because a lot of people, I feel, think that when they use a travel agent, they're going to pay a premium. When in mm-hmm. fact, our business model is, is not based on that philosophy. Our, our model is that we will, we will make sure we get you the best price. We make our money from the golf courses and hotels and ground transportation companies that we use versus having to overcharge the customer. Okay. So you start golf breaks in about 1998, about, correct me if I'm wrong, five years ago, you start looking towards expanding to, to Charleston. What was it specifically that drove golf breaks to Charleston as kind of their beachhead getting into what is, it sounds like the largest you know, golf destination market in the world? Yeah, Charleston, you know, around, around this area is obviously just beautiful. So when we made the decision, there's four of us that own Golf Breaks, the business. Um, mm-hmm. We're all of a similar age. We all got married at about the same time. We've all got young kids. So there was moving across to the States was just, was just a matter of when as opposed mm-hmm. to if. So once we got the business to a certain point and, and we all individually, our personal lives were at a certain point, we thought right now is a good time, I think, where we can go for this expansion. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm actually married to an American girl. Her name's Nancy. She's from Maryland. We, okay. met when I was, we met when I was working here, you know, for 10 years for that direct sales company. And then she okay. moved to the UK and that's where we, we got married and had our children. But I was therefore the obvious candidate to move across to the States out of, <laughs> out of, the, four, out of the four of us um, who own the business. So, you know, we could have moved anywhere in the States. And there were a couple of parameters. One was that we wanted to be on the East Coast rather than the West Coast because that's easier to get back and forth to the UK and into Europe. We also could have gone to Maryland, I guess, where Nancy's family are from and we would have had that family support. But we, having been in the UK, we fancied some better weather. <laughs> so we knew we, wanted to be in the, we knew we wanted to be in the Southeast of the States. We had visited Charleston many years before, Nancy and I, and we just love the place. The downtown area, the sense of history. You know what? It reminded me a little bit of a small 
mini London. And I just loved, um, I loved all of that. It just, it just, I hadn't come across anywhere like that anywhere else in the States, having been around the States a lot. So I just found it fascinating and all of the history, all of the history that goes with it. So we looked at Charlotte and we looked at Charleston. You know, we knew the Southeast, this area, if we were in this area, we'd be very close to a lot of incredible golf. You know, a lot of the golf courses and destinations that our customers like to go to. So it was important for us to be within easy reach of all of that. And Charleston won easily. We thought, how can we pass up the opportunity to live by the ocean and in this beautiful well, area? So that's why we're here. As a man who went through the same process I, uh, I, and came to the same conclusion, I, I totally understand what, what you were going through. What, what's been the biggest difference uh, you know, when you moved over here from you know, working in the Charleston area versus working at your office in England? The southeast of England is a very crowded place. Mm-hmm. So things like volume of people, volume of traffic, space around you, it's just very congested, you know, in that part of the world. And also the weather, obviously, you know, if any of you have been over to the UK, you'll know it does, it is grey and it does rain a lot and it is cold. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, they have sort of two or three good months of the year, uh, nine to ten pretty poor months of the year. Whereas, whereas here, it's the exact opposite. You have, you know, maybe two or three tough months of the year and nine or ten really good months of the year. So mm-hmm. those are the biggest differences, I would say. And it's a great difference. You know, when we, when we first met, you gave me a statistic and I can't remember exactly what it was, but something to the effect that, you know, the, the Charles or the, the U S market was something like 10 times bigger than, than the European market or the London market for you. Can you one day see your Charleston office being bigger than your England operation? Great question. Yeah. In the UK, there are about 4 million golfers, people that play golf. So in our UK business, which we've been now running for over 20 years, we have around 150 employees in the UK office, which is in Windsor, just west of London. In fact, it's where Harry and Meghan got married oh, okay. <laughs> last May yeah. and where the Queen has one of her castles. So Windsor yeah. is our headquarters. We have 150-odd employees there. And we send about 230,000 people on a golf trip every year around the world somewhere. Wow. Um, so if you think about it, that's, you know, about 5% of that UK market. Now, here in the States, and if you include Canada, there are 30 million golfers. So the market size is more than seven times that of the UK. So okay. our, our big aspiration here is, you know, if we can capture 5% of that 30 million and send them on golf trips every year somewhere, whether it be around the US or around the world, that's 1.5 million people that we would be sending on golf trips every year. So... In theory, the business here one day should be much, much bigger than the business in the UK. Interesting. So what, what are the trends you're seeing you know, in your industry? Is it mostly corporations who are going on, who are going on these trips and setting up for clients? Is it you know, just a bunch of dudes who are going on a you know, dude trip? You know, what trends are you seeing? What's your, you know, your typical customer look like? Yeah, there is such a crossover with golf because golf and business mix so well. There is a real mix of consumer and corporate business. Our business model, though, right from day one, has been more of a consumer direct business. When we set the business up in 1998, that was when the internet was just sort of really bursting onto the scene. So we were the first golf travel company to embrace the internet, have a website, start to collect people's email addresses and market to them directly every week and so on. So, But having said that, we also, a lot of the buddy trips that we put together for people within those trips, you know, our demographic is, you know, 30 years old up to 65 years old, 70 years old. 
And you've got a lot of affluent business people who go on those trips with their buddies. And then what the spin-off from that is that they, they uh, ask us to help out with their trips for, for within their business. So we do a real mix of consumer and corporate business. Interesting. Okay. Well, you know, let's get to the topic at hand, right? We're recording this about two weeks before the Masters, and this uh, podcast will be airing during the Masters. Million-dollar question, have you been to the Masters? I have, and I feel very lucky to, to be able to say that. I'd never been to the Masters before I moved here in 2013. In fact, we moved here at the very end of March in 2013, and two weeks later, I was at the Masters. <laughs> so I didn't waste any time getting myself to the Masters. Um, you're, you're, arrived. you're a lucky man. Take advantage of the, of the job you got. That's awesome. Is it as beautiful as it looks? I mean, on TV, it's just, it just looks magical. It, it is incredible. And I have been lucky enough to go four or five times since then. In fact, we now send 500 plus people every year to the Masters. So it's a big part of our business, taking people to the Masters. And every time I go, it still takes my breath away. When you walk through those gates and onto the, the golf course, you know, you, you feel like, I mean, I did, I touched and pulled at the grass because it looked like it was turf rather than grass. <laughs> wow. It's just so immaculate. And the way the whole place is run in terms of the, uh, the concession stands and the, the pricing of everything when you're in there, it's so well done and reasonable. The big thing you don't see on the, on the television, though, is, and I know everybody says this, but the undulations of the golf course are really severe. You know, the, going up number 18, for example, is a steep hill to get to the green. And same coming up to the ninth green. You know, you've got some serious undulations. It's a beast of a golf course. It really is. Wow. Well, listeners, if you heard that number before, uh, this is a man who, can, who gets people to the Masters. Take note of, of golfbreaks.com when you're done with this. So if I, was, if I was looking for the best trip or the best course that you recommend outside of, outside of Augusta, outside of the Masters, what's, your, what's, your, what's been either your personal one or the one that you consistently hear, like, this is just a great spot. I continuously hear you know, great things about it. Gosh, there are so many golf courses to choose from. Here in the States, you know, I'm a bit biased, though. I've, having grown up in the UK, I'm a real fan of Lynx golf, which is golf that's, you know, right alongside the ocean. Mm -hmm. so places like Kiowa are extremely special, which is great because it's on our doorstep here. Also, across on the West Coast, you've obviously got Pebble Beach, incredible place to play. So you've got these bucket list places that, you, that, that are pretty famous to anyone who likes their golf that we can get people on. But then, if, of course, across in the UK, you know, the, I think there's a statistic that in Ireland, there are more than 20 or 25% of the true Lynx golf courses in the world are in Ireland. Um, so if you, want to go, if you want to go for the most unbelievable Lynx extravaganza, I would go to Ireland. Scotland, on the other hand, you know, it does have a lot of great Lynx courses, but that is the place you go to that is just so steeped in history of the game. You know, St. Andrews, the home of golf is in Scotland. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's just an amazing amount of wonderful golf courses all around the world. Even the Dominican Republic, you know, is another place. You've got Casa de Campo there, which has three wonderful courses and also around the Punta Cana area as well. So it's difficult to give you one course in the world, but there are just so many that are, are worth visiting and playing. Okay. So if I'm listening to this podcast and now like, you know, my, my, 
my mind is going, you know, my arms are getting a little tingly because I want to go swing the sticks or something like that. And I'm thinking, you know, geez, do I, do I call Daniel? Is, am I, you know, one of his clients? Would I be too small or too big? What's kind of the smallest level, you know, or number of people that you would support in a, in a trip? And what's the largest? We have booked golf trips for individuals, just somebody who's on their own, so one person. We've also booked golf trips for groups of a, of a hundred or more. So there is no limit to group size when you book with golf breaks. I would say though that you know our average group size is between four and eight. So it's a four ball or or an eight or two four balls. You know that mm-hmm. sort of, sort of group size because for the group that's a very manageable size where everybody it's easier to get everybody to agree on which restaurant they're going to go to each night and <laughs> without yeah. the whole thing getting out of hand. But in terms of the larger groups in the UK, we call these golfing societies. I think over here you call them golf outing groups. Mm-hmm. You know, we, w- we would typically, you know, that, w- that might be a group of 24 or 28 or 32. You know, that, that's a very common group size for the larger groups for us. One thing I will say, though, is that with golf breaks, we don't book just golf only. So we don't just book the odd tea time here or there. It's a golf trip. The purpose of the trip is to go away to a destination and play golf. So mm-hmm. it's accommodation and golf as a minimum that we book to put the package together. Okay. So let's uh, put your work a little bit. You know, a few years ago, a buddy set up a really great, uh, you know, golf trip for me and some friends in Scottsdale. We played TPC. uh, We played a couple other great courses. If I was not from the Charleston area, or even if I was from the Charleston area and I was hosting something, pick me a three-course lineup in the Charleston area, and you can get, uh, you've got some latitude and, you know, geography as to where you go. Give me a three-course ultimate lineup for, for the Charleston area. Great question. And I would present you with two options. Okay. <laughs> I would present you with the option to go to Kiowa and stay and play at Kiowa. At the, so you're staying in the resort. They have two options at the resort. You can either stay in the very high-end sanctuary hotel, or you can actually mm-hmm. stay in a villa, villa or a condo. Most of our golfing clients, that's what they like, is the villa or condos. It does help to bring the price down, and you get great access to the ocean course and there are other three or four courses there at Kiowa. So Kiowa, being, being a resort with so many courses on site, that's a stay-and-play option right there where you don't really need to go anywhere else, and it's just an incredible experience. So that's one option. The other option is to stay downtown Charleston, you know, we work with the Francis Marion Hotel, for example, and a few other hotels downtown, which are right in the thick of the action. So this is more for the groups that may want to go out to some nice restaurants and bars and have a bit of nightlife each evening. And mm-hmm. I would have you play three really good course, good local courses. So, for example, Rivertown, I think, is a great course in the area. The Links at Stono Ferry, I think, would be a good option. Charleston National is a really good option. Also, the links at Wild Dunes, you know, could be another really good option. So that's for your downtown Charleston experience or, as I said, do the Kiowa experience. Wow, those are two great options. Getting down my arms are starting to tingle again. Like I want to go out there and, uh, you know, swing the sticks and, and hit the range and hit some balls. If I'm listening to this podcast and I want to get Daniel's expertise or Golf Break's expertise, what's the best way to contact the company? Great question. So we have a a free phone, toll-free number, which is 844-676-4653. And uh, we have a team of golf vacation specialists that can help hold your hand through the whole process and make sure that you get exactly what you want. Alternatively, you can go to the website, golfbreaks.com. And uh, on the website, you'll see all the different destinations that we sell. And there are a whole host of example packages 
that you can look at, which gives you some great guideline pricing and what we can include, you know, in a package. But all our packages can be completely customized. So you don't have to buy what's on the website. We can put together whatever combination of golf courses and hotels and destinations that you, that you would like. So you can go onto the website, have a look around and submit an inquiry through the website. And then one of our golf vacation specialists will come straight back to you and help put the trip together for you. That's great. And for the listeners, if you didn't catch all that, I will I'll make sure that all that information is, is updated on the description for this podcast. So one last question, then we'll let you go here because I know you're a busy man. The, you know, I like to ask this question. You know, I bring leaders from the Charleston area on, the, you know, on this podcast. They're people who have a, a stake and are part of the catalysts that are, that are moving things around. You've been here for five years. You've seen a lot of stuff. What's your, what's your vision for the next five years of Charleston? What, what, do you think, what do you think we're going to see? What do you hope to see? What are your thoughts? This area is absolutely booming, I think, and we are really lucky to be, to be living in this area. You know, there are so many parts of the U.S. and also around the world that are depressed or are in decline. And uh, here around the Charleston area, we are in a bubble where it's really, it really is booming. So I feel very fortunate for that. Now, obviously, there are challenges that come with that. And it's primarily around infrastructure, you know, coping with that growth. So the roads, transportation systems, the schools, the housing, the hospitals. I think there's some statistic that 40 plus people every day are moving into the area. So it's becoming a very, very popular area to live. And now with the, with the international flight from London to Charleston, the direct flight that's just opening up next month, that will bring in more international guests into the area. So it is just going to get busier. So as long as we can keep up with that growth through the infrastructure, I think the future is, is really bright. And the surrounding areas of Charleston are going to absolutely blossom because of that. That's awesome insight. Thank you very much for coming on the show. What I typically like to do is just kind of wrap up with a pro tip. And given that it's golf, given that golf is so much about flexibility, my very basic pro tip this week is just to get out there and stretch. My father, about three or four years ago, gave me an article that showed it was a long-term study about people and their quality of life that goes and how it was affected later in life. The people who stretch had a much better quality of life later in life. And I noticed myself when I go stretch, especially before something like going and playing golf, my shots are better. I feel better. I can hold up longer during the course. So very basic, get out there and stretch. If you don't know how to stretch, which I know sounds like a silly question, there are professionals. There's a great company called Stretch Zone here in, in the Charleston area. Get out there and stretch. Your golf will be better. Your quality of life will be better for a much longer time. So if you like this episode and you want to hear more, please like the podcast, subscribe so you hear more. We publish each week and we have a lot more exciting interviews that are coming up on deck. So with that, one last time, Daniel from Golf Break, thank you very much. To all my listeners, thank you very much. Go out there and make it a great day. Thanks, everybody. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. 
That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E dot com.